You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast and Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Um, fair warning today? I don't know. It might be a quicker episode. It might be a longer one. I really don't know. I'm exhausted at this point. It's almost 1:30 a.m. Um, so we're gonna see where it goes, and we're just gonna we're just gonna you know go for it. Um, today we're going to spend the first segment talking about Trey Mann, who got selected in the NBA draft last night. Uh, the second segment talking about Scotty Lewis, who got drafted in the NBA draft last night. And the final segment will be the third and final part of the interview that I recorded with Mello on Tuesday afternoon, mainly about conference realignment. Uh, before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And there's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's the Lockdown SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Lockdown SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Here's here's how we're going to start this, uh, the actual, like, the, the meat of the episode. Um, little upsetting. Trey Mann got drafted number 18 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's fantastic for Trey. That's fantastic for the Gators. But <laughs> it, it's tragic for me because I mentioned it earlier in the week. This year... If the Knicks would have taken Trey Mann, it would have been, I believe, the first year in my life where my favorite three teams, the Giants, the Mets, and the Knicks, take a Gator early in the draft. Um, That went kaput when the Knicks had the 19th pick and Trey Mann went 18th overall. Um, Now, realistically, or just like genuinely, uh, that's awesome. For Trey, um, Trey Mann was also the first Gator drafted in the first round of the NBA draft since Bradley Beal in 2012 at pick three, and Trey Mann was the first Gator drafted, period, in the NBA draft from the Gators since 2013 with Eric Murphy, and I believe he was the 49th overall pick. Oh, which by the way, I loved him, and in 2K, I was unstoppable with him. Uh, just ran the pick and pop and let him just let it rain down incessantly. Um, I just want to let you guys know that uh, I suck at 2K, but there are some guys that, you know, for some reason, always Rondo, Eric Murphy. I got their jumpers down. I don't know why, because, I mean, clearly Eric Murphy wasn't good enough to stay in the NBA, and Rondo, not a fantastic shooter when I would play 2K more often. Um, but Trey Mann, of course, we know is a combo guard primarily he's likely going to be playing both guard spots uh especially i mean we don't really know what's going to happen in okc with uh shea gilgis alexander just 
because there were rumors that they wanted to trade him. I don't know if now that the draft is done, they're no longer interested in trading him. Um, but that could very well be the case. Um, you know, if he's there, great, because Trey shouldn't be thrust into a starting role early on. If he's not, great, because then Trey's going to be a starter as a rookie. And that's that's good for his numbers and everything, but I don't think that's the best for his development. As we know, Trey is a just lights-out shooter, really. Like, he is just such a great shooter and such a great scorer, really. Um, great ball handler. He, I think he really needs to add weight. He really needs to improve defensively. And as a passer, he's got a pretty long way to go. But, I mean, the tools are there. That's what's great with him. The foundation is there. That's why everybody's like, you know what? Sure, he's got his flaws, but he's also got, like, he's got a decently high floor and a pretty high ceiling. So, I think that's why, I mean, for, personally, I would have taken Trey. I thought he was going to be a lottery pick. Or, sorry. I would have taken him as a lottery pick if I was an NBA GM. Granted, I'm not because I also suck at everything involving basketball. But, I yeah, Trey, man. And I'm, I want to be clear, especially when it comes to, like, basketball for some reason. Um, I, I don't get homery. Uh, I try to remain as unbiased as possible. But when we're talking basketball... For some reason, I'm actually very, like, I, I just expect more from our Gators, so I'm very rarely uh, ecstatic with prospects like I was with Trey Mann. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that he does so well that Dylan and I spoke about the other day was his free throw shooting is phenomenal. And I realized that that's, like, a weird thing to be like, oh, my God, I love that so much. Um, but you will learn this over time with me. Every sport defense is my favorite fundamentals are a very important thing to me so granted trey defensively not all there but the fundamentals are pretty sound and free throw shooting is something that is so underrated nowadays uh but we've seen it change entire playoff series this year alone so i mean the fact that trey can step in and immediately be one of the best free throw shooters on his team and i say on his team because like yeah he went to the thunder but he could have done that anywhere um and i think that's gonna be huge for if there's any late game situations like he should be one of the guards on the court so that when these intentional fouls start coming late in the game you know you're gonna have a guy out there that can convert at the stripe so that's an important thing at least when i try to take a look at it uh i do think that you know this year really he'll hopefully be an eight to twelve point per game kind of guy let's score off the bench um i don't think he'll do a ton obviously defensively i don't think he'll do a ton of facilitating i think he's going to primarily just be coming in for, as a scoring role and like that's fine especially when you're talking about a bench player like if you could just come in like you have your role that's all you need really like just don't screw your team over everywhere else um i think eventually he'll become a starter but right now like i'm happy where he wound up i'm happy with the team that he's with really just like i i like the thunder um <laughs> mainly because uh they don't have russ anymore and i i i don't like russ um i wish i could tell you why 
but <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't like Russ. Uh, so I'm glad he's gone. And I'm glad that Trey got, gets, you know, a solid landing spot. I just wish he got drafted one pick later. The Knicks then traded the pick, by the way, because apparently Trey was the last guy that they wanted with that pick. Um, so, yeah, that, that sucks that it didn't happen, or at least it sucks for me. <laughs> As we build anticipation for the football season, let's start building our bodies, too. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar Champion Coconut Brownie Chunk. Personally, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. Like these are not secrets at all. Um, it, it's about as big a secret as like Jesse Bates being one of the best secrets in the NFL. Uh, if you know the reference, you know the reference. Good, good on you. Proud of you. Um, if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like me, that's no longer a problem. And thank you so much, Built Bar, because my word, vacation eight days away and whoo, temptation getting to me. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and most importantly, high fiber solution. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. And the second segment of today's show, and the last one that I get to record tonight, because again, later on, part three of the Mellow interview, uh, we're talking about Scotty Lewis, who I'm not going to lie to you, I was losing faith. Um... Like when I rec- I'll let you guys a little inside peek into this. I literally like I'll write the main topic of the segment and then I'll put a few dashes and it's like these are my talking points. I had like I had set up Scotty Lewis and the first dash was went undrafted. Second dash was here's why he shouldn't have gone undrafted. Um, <laughs> but luckily, you know, late in the, late in the draft went 56th overall to the Charlotte Hornets. Scotty Lewis, Trey Mann, both drafted. Uh, Scotty Lewis, first Gators, second round pick since 2013 with Eric Murphy. And, and, this is also a milestone that if you follow me on Twitter, you saw yesterday that I said, I was like, hopefully these guys will break at least one of these. The three things that I listed were first Gator drafted, first Gators first rounder drafted and the last time that the Gators have had two draft picks in this same draft and that was 2011 Vernon Macklin and Chandler Parsons and now it is Trey Mann and Scotty Lewis and I am just ecstatic to be able to talk about that now I have no problem admitting that. I mean, I I said before I tend to be harder on Gators basketball players than any other school, any other sport. Um, and so I have no problem admitting was not a huge fan of Scotty Lewis, which is weird because like he he kind of does things that, like I like, <laughs> like like he's a freak athlete and he's very good defensively, at least for a college player. Um, yeah, that, those are the biggest things. Like, he's a freak athlete, and, like, he really wowed people at the combine, like, opened a lot of eyes. And uh, honestly, probably a big part of the reason he even got drafted. Um, he's very good defensively, specifically as an on-ball defender. Like, th- actually, that's what I could say. 
Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann are like night and day. <laughs> like Scotty Lewis is freaky long, freaky athletic, great defensively, specifically on ball, decent strength, can't shoot for his life. And Trey Mann is fantastic shooter, meh athlete, meh length, meh size. And it's just weird that they are, and obviously, meh, defensively. Um, so they are just complete opposites. Uh, and, well, I mean, the NBA showed which they value more. Um, offensively, Scotty Lewis is just very raw. His shot is... Um, I want to put this like a, a, a nice-ish way, but I don't, I don't really know. Um, Scotty Lewis's shot is wildly inconsistent uh kind of like michael kid gilchrist like like in the sense of freak athlete great defender just don't ask him to shoot the ball pretty much ever um i don't think right now of course scotty lewis is able to contribute as a ball handler or a passer really but again like he was a late second round pick in the nba draft he is not going to have high expectations thrust on him so like he's got time to develop he's someone who probably won't play much this year at all if he plays at all uh he's mainly just a defensive guy like he he's not going to be someone that you bring in a ton like maybe you bring him in when you're in foul trouble or if you just need a stop late in the game and it's like and he he's one of the top guys available as an on-ball defender one thing i really love about him though is his athleticism and his length open him up to play multiple positions and guard multiple positions so he can guard the opposing teams, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, um, small power forwards, just because like the NBA is getting shorter, smaller, and faster, and Scotty Lewis can kind of come in and immediately match up with a lot of guys, really. Um, so th- there's that. Like he's he's got a role. It's just I think he might be too much of a liability elsewhere to really be relied upon early. Even like like he can do he, he can fill his role fine but he's too much of a liability elsewhere to justify putting him on uh to just to fill that role so that's kind of where i'm at with scotty lewis um it might just be me being a uh i guess you can say a defensive minded person in every sport literally like literally every sport i'm about defense um but I feel like everyone in the NBA can score. I feel like everybody in the draft class can score. Like, that's such a huge thing. Like, every time. Like, oh, he's got such a great shot, such a great finisher, such a blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, but, like, you would think then that the guys that are different would get drafted higher. Like, that's why I thought Scotty Lewis should have gotten drafted higher than he did because I would think everyone can score. You need more guys that can play solid defense and be legitimate defensive stoppers um and Scotty Lewis like like should be that guy um which is why it's so confused that's why I hate the NBA draft we're being honest it's just drafting a bunch of shooters um so yeah that's where I'm at with Scotty like I think he should have gone higher I've been critical of him and I'm not super high on him but I just think as a defensive specialist really like, he should be someone that goes higher than he went. I, I just think that's how it should be across the entire NBA, really.
And we are back again with Locked On Gators, joined by Mello, host of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Podcast. New episodes every Friday. He's also the host of Miked Up every day from 2 to 4 Central Time on Fox Sports Joplin. And now we're talking about the hot topic in college sports right now, conference realignment. And for those of you who don't know, Mello is a Texas Longhorns fan, so maybe welcome to the SEC. Welcome to where the big boys play. Um, yeah. And with Texas moving to the SEC, I have to ask this question. Is Texas back? <laughs> Far from it. I, and they are further <laughs> from back than they've possibly ever been. Um, as a Texas fan, I for some reason, there are a lot of Texas fans who are very excited about joining the SEC, and I am not one of them. Uh, like the only like silver lining I find in this whole thing is that maybe like you get the Texas Texas A and M rivalry back, and that maybe Texas gets to shut up A and M because A and M has been in the SEC for a while now, and they're kind of feeling themselves. They had a good year last year, uh, but I think when Daddy joins the conference, they're going to remember what it was like, and they're probably going to try to jet. Like they're probably going to try to get out of this thing. But uh, I guess it's good for the university. You're going to make more money, more TV deals. But from just a fan who wants to win football games, it makes no sense to me whatsoever why you would want to join the SEC. Yeah, and you mentioned Texas A&M maybe wanting to uh, to get out of it. I mean, they've been reported. I believe it was Missouri and Texas A&M were the two schools that have reportedly already said no, that they don't want Texas joining the SEC. And specifically with A&M, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know for me, I think it's cowardly. Um, I think it's like, cause they've said like we want to be the only SEC school, like the only Texas SEC school. I think it's a very cowardly way to approach it, but what are your feelings on that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that Texas A&M is looking a little rough throughout this whole thing. And it does, it, they're coming off as cowardly of, Oh, we're crying about, we wanted to be the only SEC Texas school. Like, do you think that's helping you in recruiting that you can go to these recruits and say, Hey, we're the only team in Texas that's in the SEC. Like, they don't care. Like, Oklahoma's still coming into Texas and stealing these Texas recruits. So is LSU. So is Alabama. Like, no one cares about you being the only school in Texas that's a part of the SEC. So, I don't know. I really do think that maybe this is my bias shining through, that they're just scared because they know what the record is in that rivalry. And they know that they haven't been able to compete with Texas. And, you know, I congratulations to them for joining the SEC first, but – I still think Texas is the better football program. They had a good year last year. I hope you all enjoyed it. But in like 2022, 2023, at the latest, Texas is going to be in their conference and it's going to be that conference rivalry all over again. And I guess that's why you don't want them in your conference. If you're A&M, you don't want more competition. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. I do think the A&M will stay in the SEC. And I do think that when it is – released and we get that vote i think it's supposed to happen like thursday i think it's going to be a unanimous vote but a&m is just they don't want to be the 13 to 1 because everybody's going to be like okay we know the one it was obviously you guys so i i think the sec when they release it if they do or when it's leaked it will say that you know all members are on board it's a 14-0 unanimous vote to add texas and ou but we've all seen the statements we know that texas a&m is not excited about this oh yeah i mean can't blame them if, if Big Brother is coming back. Um. Exactly. You know, in Oklahoma, too, like, I know that they're really upset that Texas is joining the conference. 
Oklahoma is the one you have to worry about because they're going to put Texas and Texas A&M in the same division. And they're going to put Texas and OU in the same division. So A&M is going to be playing OU every year and you're going to get your asses kicked just like Texas has been. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the things we're like, oh, we're the only uh, SEC school in Texas. And it's like, well, now you've got a team that's actually good. That's already taking Texas recruits and who clearly don't care about that. And they're already coming in and they're going to join the SEC now. And it's like, yeah, well, we've been stealing your guys, making them better. And we're in the same conference now. Um, And then I know I spoke about this on yesterday's episode. Uh, What could a possible ACC SEC merger look like? Just because that's a rumor I've seen floated that they could be working together in the near ish future. That's, you know, one thing that I don't understand about all this college football realignment talk is the talk of merging conferences. Uh, I mean, uh, do you get together? Do you have like a, a major conference championship game where you're breaking it down and you're saying, okay, the winner of the SEC and all these games that we're playing is going to go and play the winner of the ACC? Like, that's just a bowl game to me. So I, I don't know. I don't know why they would want to do it. Maybe it is more of a, you know, right now with the Sugar Bowl, you know, we used to take the SEC champ and the Big 12 champ and they would play each other in the Sugar Bowl. Maybe you do it that way to where you're saying, hey, we actually we just want to partner with you guys. And the top teams from each conference that don't make the college football playoff would play each other. But other than that, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because if you are doing any kind of merger, I mean, if each conference has 16 teams, now you're sharing that revenue with 32. Like, it doesn't make sense for the SEC. You're the top dog. People are begging to get in there. You don't want to share that revenue uh, with, you know, 16 other schools. Or the, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten talking about doing some kind of a merger as well. Uh, maybe once more details are released on it, it will make sense to my dumb brain. But for <laughs> me, looking at it right now, I just, I don't understand it. I, Texas going to the SEC makes more sense than these conferences merging together. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty with you on that, especially when people start talking about breaking it up into pods. And it's like, well, then how do you decide right. who plays who? Do you extend the playoffs? Or like, do you push the playoffs back and have your own little SEC playoffs? Or pod A, pod reasons, B, pod C, pod D? Like, yeah, one of the reasons they were so against expanding the college football playoff is they didn't want these guys playing more games. But now we're talking about merging conferences and, and what that would look like. I are you just eliminating non-conference games? Are you eliminating conference championships? I, I have no idea what it would look like, but I I don't think that it would be fun. Yep, I'm totally on board with you there. Uh, but all right, that's that's about it. So thank you so much, Mello. You can catch Mello on Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pod, new episode, and a podcast, new episode every Friday. You can catch him on Fox Sports Joplin, hosting Miked Up every day from 2 to 4 Central Time. And you can find him on Twitter at Mello, M-E-L-L-O. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. That about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me Monday, as the plan right now is to work on the offensive line breakdown, but that could change depending on what the vibes are Sunday and if there's anything new to talk about and all that stuff. Like, who knows? Like, that that's the plan right now, but... I'm not going to make a commitment to that. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. This is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Locked On Thunder. 
hosted by Ryland Styles, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Want to stay up to date on the latest Gators first round draft pick? Look no further than Lockdown Thunder, where we'll have everything on Trey Man. And betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.